Hi, this is Pastor Ski from Christ the Rock in Round Rock, Texas. We appreciate you tuning in to our podcast today and pray that through this message you will grow in your knowledge of your Savior, that your faith would be strengthened and it would put a smile on your face. We hope this is a blessing to you. As always, we make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and we'll bow our heads and ask for God's blessing in our worship, and then we'll hand it over to Alan this morning. So we, we bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we get to be in your house this morning, that uh, for the next hour or so, through your song, through your scripture lesson, uh, and through your message, that you would equip us, that you would strengthen us, that you would power us up to go into this world, to be the kind of neighbor that you have called us to be. Uh, these things we ask in your name. Amen. One of the things we recognize when we come in to worship our God is that our God has standards that he sets for us. So standards are revealed to us in his word, specifically in the Ten Commandments. We see that if we hold ourselves up to those Ten Commandments in every aspect of our lives, whether it's our thoughts, our words, our actions, in fact, even the very state in which we exist in this world, we are enemies of a holy and perfect God. Therefore, it's, it's only right that we'd acknowledge those times we, we failed to measure up or those, those times we willfully crossed a line that our God has set. Uh, and we would even then look back to him in his word where he assures us through Jesus' perfect life, his death and his resurrection, that relationship that's been broken by sin has been restored. And then look as he shows us how he leads us in our daily lives. We'll do that this morning using the words of the forgive us, renew us, lead us. We read this responsively. Lord, you gather us together so we may learn your ways and hear of your salvation. But we would rather listen to others the ones who lead away from your light, the ones who say there is plenty of time, we can always change later, we can be faithful next week. We hide in the darkness of our jealousy and revel in the quarrels of self-rightness while ignoring the urgency of our faithfulness. Lord, forgive the sins we see. Lord, save us from our blindness. God sent his son as the light of the world the one who would reveal our darkness and shine upon us with unending grace. For his sake, your sins are forgiven. Let us live honorably in faithfulness for the glory of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Please be seated. So in this world of social media and bank accounts and special apps and system upgrades, how many of y'all have lost your passwords? Anyone? Okay. Are you happy about it? Is it frustrating? Right. So I know, I think all of us have, and you have little sticky pads or little notepads where you keep your secret passwords. And passwords are designed to allow the people that have the rights to things to have access to that particular thing you're trying to access, like your bank account, right? So these are things that you have the rights to, but you often forget those passwords and don't really have access and can be extremely frustrating. Many people also struggle with their access to the kingdom and to God and their relationship with God. And it's, it's, they, they struggle with what the password is with God, right? And and in Paul's uh, message this morning in Romans 5, 1 through 8, Paul really highlights that the only access you need, the password is Jesus Christ. So here's the reading of Peace and Hope. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. 
and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory, also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for the righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here ends the reading. So do you, do you ever have these really weird defining moments when, when stuff um, you kind of think you know or think you do, um, or maybe you're exposed to things and you realize like, oh man, that's what it's like. Do you ever have those moments? So we have friends here today. So uh, Jess and Joe Placic are here. Everybody look at them and say, hi Jess, hi Joe. Uh, those of you watching home, Joe, just so you know, Joe is the guy who designs all of our graphics and stuff. So like I told Terry before, if you want to complain about the graphics, don't do it to me, just do it to Joe. Um, <laughs> but, but this is the thing. So Joe was at our house, there at our house this weekend, and uh, we were hanging out, and all of a sudden he says, I get it. And I said, what do you mean you, you get it? And he says, remember when you lived up in Wisconsin, and like we would be at your house hanging out with you? And all of a sudden, like strange people would come into your house and hang out with you. Like you would know them from somewhere and they'd just come. And I said, yeah. And he'd be like, we'd hang out with them for the weekend. And we'd be like, oh, they're, that's kind of cool. And then they'd leave and we'd never see them again. And I said, yeah, he goes, we're those people now. <laughs> right? We're those people. And I, and I, I started laughing. I said, yeah, you, you kind of are. But it, it, it creates this idea and it asks this question, like, who is your neighbor? And what does it mean to be a neighbor? And what does it look like in this world today? Because see, in this world today, if we're going to be honest, and Don, you did a great job setting up the reading uh, and access. We live in a world that we, we say things like this. We have complete access to everything, right? But what do we have less and less access to every day? Each other and people. Uh, you think I'm kidding? Go out to dinner sometime, right? Go out to dinner and see how many people while they're at the dinner table are doing this. I'm on vacation. I wonder how my kids are, right? Oh, man, I wonder what's going on on Facebook. What's happening on Instagram right now? Uh, hello, real people. In fact, you know, there are even restaurants like Chick-fil-A who started this crazy thing. You heard about this, right? You go to Chick-fil-A and you can request a box, when you place your order, you get your box, and what do you do with the box? Anybody know? Megan, what do you do? The entire family puts their phones in it, and you seal the box, okay? And after dinner, just think about this. After dinner, if you've made it through the meal, and you've had actual conversation, and you've looked at people, and you've engaged with them, you take the box up, they open the box, and they give you ice cream. Yeah, because you did well, <laughs> right? Good boy. You talked with your family, right? Think about that. Like we live in an impersonal world. And I know we think we love to blame things like this. We love to say, well, that's technology or we're all so busy or we all have this going on or that going on or I'm pulled in so many directions. But the reality is this, it's in your DNA as a sinful human being 
to not care about others. So today, as we look at messy life, happy life, we're going to ask a question, and we're going to kind of flip it, right? What does that mean? What does it look like? And we're going to lay some things out. Um, go ahead. You can, you can put this first thing up here. Um, we're, we're not going to get there yet. This is, this is the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. All of us know this. I'd imagine if you've grown up in church, you've been around church. Um, don't worry. Those kids may just come right through. Um, if, if, if you don't know it, uh, maybe you did your homework coming in, but this is a situation there are people who are trying to trap Jesus, right? They want to, and this is always one of those things. They want to, and this is what's so crazy. I really want you to think about this this week. They try to justify themselves in front of Jesus. What does justify mean again? You remember? What? To declare not guilty, right? So just think about this. You have a sinful person coming up to Jesus, the Holy Son of God, and they're trying to justify themselves, to make themselves be not guilty. When in reality, there's one person who justifies you in front of Jesus, and that's Jesus. So he wants to figure out who his neighbor is. And then not only who his neighbor is, but then what are his expectations? So Jesus does this incredible thing, right? He launches into a parable, which of course is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And this is what we've got. We're going to see this. Some people... When they are thrust into situations with other people, some people keep their distance. So check this out. Here we go. You know this. In reply, Jesus says this. So he's answering the guy. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Uh, It's interesting. Jericho's actually north, (laughs) right? (laughs) He's going down, though, they say. So he's actually coming down there, right? And this is what happens. You, you would actually go from Jerusalem, you go up to Jericho, but we all talk like that, right? Don't we say like, hey, um, I, would, I would say, when I was in Wisconsin, and people say, when are you going to come back down here again? Well, we're further south than you, <laughs> right? Uh, anybody know the distance or want to guess distance between Jericho and Jerusalem, roughly? Want to guess? What do you think? No. Huh? Pretty close, Andy, 17 miles. Now you would think, so I mean, that's like here to Georgetown, right? Here to Georgetown. And this, this way was called the way of blood. And it was called the way of blood because what would happen is this. On this road, there would be thieves and there would be robbers and they would be perched there. And when they saw travelers, especially travelers who weren't in packs, right? Travelers who were by themselves, they would pick them off. They would beat them, they'd steal stuff, and they would leave them for dead. And there was a lot of blood spilled. So it's just one of these moments where Jesus, who, who understands the culture, understands where they were, takes something very, very specific. And he says this, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he's attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. Now, this is what happens. You don't have to, I'm not going to call anybody out here, but you read that and you say like this, oh, that's a story. He's making a point. Church people don't really behave that way. Question. And this one, I want a show of hands. Have you ever had a bad experience with a Christian who goes to church? (laughs) Right? I mean, this is the thing. We look at that and we want to get into judgment, right? Right? We want to get into judgment and say, yes, that guy's a Christian. He shouldn't do this. Notice what it says. This is what's so crazy. A priest had me going down 
the same road. And when he saw the man, what does it say? Other side. He wouldn't even walk by him. He's like, no, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Just, just, and I mean, we can look at that. And we, we, can, be, we can be hard on this guy, but think about your, your lives right now. How many of you wake up in the morning and you say things like this? Man, on my way to work today or at my job today, I am going to look for opportunities to invite more drama into my life. Because, you know, this is a beautiful thing. A guy who's beaten, stripped naked, and bleeding on the side of the road, that does not scream drama at all. That screams nice and tidy, in and out, five seconds, right? Here, let me help you. But see, the, 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 the priest, and I mean, we got to give the priest credit for this. He's a smart guy. He recognizes that's drama. He recognizes, honestly, that this isn't a one-time quick fix. And he makes the decision, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. Now, now we can rationalize this, right? And we can say things like this, well, ski, come on. It's a stranger. It's a stranger. Right? What do we teach our kids? Who has little kids here? What do you teach your kids? Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Right? When we drive down the streets... We see somebody who's hurt. We have kids in the car. We're not going to do that. And again, I'm not saying we put people at risk, but I'm saying this is a, a priest by himself, a church-going fella, a pastor. My, my kids, you can ask my kids all the time, uh, we, we, we love to pitch up, pick up strangers. <laughs> you know why I love to pick up strangers? Why do you think? Because they can't go anywhere for as long as they're with me. They got to listen. <laughs> and they're going to hear Jesus right? But see, he doesn't want to get involved. And this is the problem. And this is, this is how, this morning I'm going to challenge you for thinking. When we choose not to get involved, you miss the opportunity. You miss the opportunity. And I know right now you're thinking to yourself this. You're thinking, what, the, op- the opportunity? This isn't a two-way thing. There's no opportunity. There. Well, there, there is. Next group of people, right? Because we're going to have three kinds of people. So we have those who keep distance. Next, go ahead. Some people are curious, but uninvolved. Right? Go ahead. You can fill in. Yeah, uninvolved. So look at this. You know this one too. You know what happens next. You know this story. Go ahead, look. So to a Levite. Who's a, what's a Levite? So you got a priest. What? Yeah, uh, he could be like a vicar could be like an elder, somebody who, who um, is an attendant at the church, right? When he came by to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side too. It's like this. When I used to live in the inner city as a pastor, my kids used to make fun of me because they'd say, you know the difference between white people and black people who live in the inner city? You know the difference? Anybody here? When gunshots go off, black people hit the ground and white people go, where is that coming from? <laughs> right? So this Levite walks by and he's like, oh, well, it looks, well, it looks like somebody's beaten down. Well, somebody else will handle it. Curious. Boy, you know, this modern day, you're driving down the road, you see someone's car broken down. Boy, it looks like they might need help. 
You may even have this question, and some of you probably even know this. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> you're curious, but you're driving. What does it look like in your life? Right? See, we, we have situations all the time, right? And, and we can, we can kind of get fired up and we know that our emotions run hot and our emotions run high or, or maybe our, if, if you're a parent and your kids are with you or something, get protected. But, but this is the thing. Think about it this way. What, what does it look like? What does it look like when you look and you try to understand what's happening? So as the Levite walks by and we're, we're kind of speculating, we don't really know, how did he get here? What happened? And both of the people, the first two people, right, they say this. If you're taking notes, I know we don't have small groups now, but this is something to think about. They say this. What happens if I get involved? What happens if I get involved? You ever, you ever do that? I mean, let, let's just be honest for a second, right? I want you to just clo- close your eyes for one second, and I want you to think about this. Who in your life right now is a train wreck? Okay? Don't, don't, don't say it out loud. They're probably sitting next to you. No, um, okay? You, you got it? You got it? And now think about this. What opportunities have you given up on? What opportunities have you missed? You might be curious, but you're uninvolved. Or maybe you're like the first guy. You're keeping distance because the questions you ask are this. And this is the thing, right? And I mean, this is a big one today because this, this defines who we're going to be as a church, and I mean that, right? The, the questions that we ask have to be flipped. What happens if I get involved? Well, look at the third guy, third group. Here we go. Third group, this is my favorite group. Maybe somebody wants to f- try to fill this in. Some people, right? So we have the distance keepers, the uninvolved people. Some people get close enough to... C word, care. See, because this is what happens. Check this out. Passage. But a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans don't get along. We love to play games like this in the United States and say things like this. It's like blacks and whites. No, it's really not. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Christians and Muslims. No, it's really not. <laughs> it's like that ratcheted up. If you would come into contact with a Samaritan, you'd be declared unclean. You'd have to be separated, right? Things like that. But look at what happens. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. Now, as a Samaritan, we we don't know what his beliefs are. We don't know that he's a Christian. We don't know anything. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. And they brought him to an inn and took care of him. Hold on a second. Do you see the difference? The first two men ask this question. What happens if I get involved? What does a Samaritan ask? What happens if I don't? What happens if I don't? Do you know know I love the Samaritan? Samaritan, by the way, just so we're really clear, he was not Lutheran. Do you want me to tell you how I know he wasn't Lutheran? There is no committee that was formed to decide if he needed to help. <laughs> they did not take it to a congregational vote, right? He was moved to help. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. 
He went to him and bandaged his wounds. What do you think he used? What are the odds that this Samaritan was a nurse? Just happened to be a nurse, full medical supplies. What do you think? You think? You th- Wait, that, what do you think? You think he tore his own clothes? That, that he sacrificed to help somebody else? You're so crazy. Wait, pouring on oil? What would we use oil for? Just think this through. What? Probably to light his way, depending on the oil. Could also be for his bread <laughs> to eat. So you're, you're trying to tell me, Barb, that he took some of his own supplies for the journey that he was willing to go without to help? Wow. And he took some of his wine. What do we use wine for? Yeah, you know that one, right? <laughs> then he put the man on his own donkey. The question you have to ask is this. Where's he going to ride? What? Come on. Come on. He's going to walk? And then he brought him to an inn and took care of him? The next day, he took out two denarii, took out wages? He went to the little ATM, you know, put in his card, little denarii pops out, right? And look at what he says to the innkeeper. Just read this with me. Read it loud. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any, next slide, extra expense you may have. Whoa, hold on. See, we, we like to get caught up in this. This is what we like to get caught up. What do you get caught up in that? Go back just a second. Just go back one slide. That statement, what do you get caught up in? Let's be honest. What do you get caught up in? He dropped him off. He said, I, I, it's not my right, and I paid. We get caught up in the money. But what, what do you miss? Look at what he says at the end. And what? Why is he coming back? Because he's an idiot? Because he loves drama? When was the last time, honestly, that you were down on 6th Street or you were somewhere in a bar or you were somewhere where a whole bunch of people hang out and something goes bad and some dude gets beat up and you look and go, I bet he had nothing to do with that. (laughs) I want to be a part of that. Or do you look and go, "Mm, it's a train wreck. It's work. When I return, when I return, when I come back, I'll reimburse you. See, this, this is a crazy thing. We get caught up in that like, wow, he took his own money, two denarii, right? If he, if he exceeds that, he's going to reimburse him. Let's just be honest for a second. What's more valuable than, than money? Does it say he lived in one of those cities? <laughs> no but he's coming back. And see, his, the, the beautiful thing is he took pity on him. Compassion. And, and this is what he says. We, we said this, right? What happens if I don't act? And see, this is a crazy thing. Remember what I said, right? Earthly story, heavenly meaning. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Next slide, go ahead. I'll reimburse you. So here's the question. Which of these three men do you think was the name of the man who fell in the hands of robbers? You're like the experts of the law. Don't blow this for me, Gene. What is it? The one who had mercy on him. 
easy. See, the, th- this, is the, this is the struggle. This is the struggle, see? Just like this, this expert of the law, right? Just like the expert of the law, this is the thing. This is the thing. They're asking this question. Who's my neighbor? Right? That's what we get from this parable, right? If you agree with me, put your hand up. Who's my neighbor? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're just like the guy. You're just like the expert of the law. I set you up there. You're just like the expert of the law. See, the better question that's asked here is this. How do I show myself worthy to be a neighbor to others? Earthly story. Heavenly meaning. What happens to the people who are in your life who you keep your distance from? Who you are curious but uninvolved and they don't know Jesus? Right? You're thinking to yourself, and I hear it all the time. Well, pastor, man, ski, come on, dude. If I get involved, here it is. If I get involved in their life, guess what? Our relationship is going to change. That's not bad. <laughs> right? What happens if I get involved? But what's the flip side? Let's be really clear. What's the flip side? What if you don't? Question. Do you believe that if you're sinful... If you're sinful, that separates you from God and you spend eternity in hell. Do you believe that? You believe it? Some of you right now are going, uh-huh. Really? <laughs> May I, I mean, have, have you stood because of your sins? Have you stood at the gates of hell where you feel your toes hot because that's sin? But see, this is the beautiful thing. This is the beautiful thing. Your Savior looks and says this. That's what you should be. But guess what he chose to do? Be involved and care. In fact, he says this. He says, I care so much, I know you. I know you. I know the core of you. And this is the crazy thing. We, we can look at this. We can see the racism with, with Samaritans, right, and Jews. And we can look and go, oh, that's really cool. That's a powerful thing. Sin is deeper than racism. <laughs> the animosity we feel through racism is nothing compared to the animosity our God has for sin, and yet his son says this, I will leave my throne in heaven, I will come down, I will live in your place, I will be involved in your life, and I will seek you. I will seek you. And what I promise you is this. <laughs> I'll cover your expenses of sin. I'll make sure that you have things like me in your life, right? Jesus in your life. We don't know what kind of hotel he put him in. Did he put him in the Ritz-Carlton? <laughs> Motel 6? You ever been beat up and bloodied on the side of the road? I'm not sure it matters, right? <laughs> but he cared. See, we, we love to get into this right? But the, the truth is this. You have the opportunity to do that in people's lives. 
I was listening to a devotion this week and I was walking. Uh, that's what I do. I listen to my devotion when I walk. And I thought it was a really cool thing, right? This, this guy who I was doing the devotion, who was doing the devotion, he's talking about how does his, how does he want his church defined? So have you ever thought about that? Because like we're at this really cool point, right? Like how many of you, like today especially, nothing against the little kids next door, are just loving being in a hotel? I mean, you're just like, you leave here today and you're gonna be like this, like, man, I don't ever want to leave the Wingate. It is awesome. <laughs> Whoo, love it. Building fund, pshaw. <laughs> we don't need land. I mean, you should leave today and be like, Jesus, please, we need land, <laughs> right? But see, when we get land, these are some issues you haven't thought through. How do you want to define yourself as a church? And this guy who has a devotion says, I don't want to be the church that says this. That's where people go for a handout. That's the church that, that meets needs socially. He says, you know what I want to be known as? Just think about this. I want to be known as a church that, anybody want to guess? Loves people and shares Jesus. Because see, you, you can't, I don't believe, you can do them without the other. If I'm going to be a church that loves people, I'm going to be a church that loves people because Why? My Savior loves me, right? If I'm going to be a church that teaches Jesus, if we're going to be 100% honest, what are we teaching? Love, (laughs) right? And this is the crazy thing in the parable. Look at how he ends it. He says, hey, if you feel like it, you might want to go try this. That's the last verse, right? That's what he says. Jesus told him, give it a shot. No. (laughs) Try it some days, maybe three days. No. Go and do likewise. So, um, I had a tough week this week. Um, you're going to find this hard to believe. I had tension in my life. Yeah, weird, I know. Uh, not with any of y'all. Y'all are great right now. Good, good job. Thumbs up to you, right? Uh, but I, I had tension with some people in my life, um, and uh, it, it got a little heated. And um, I, I learned something really important. When you're a pastor and you're in the coaching network, you know like when you're a little kid and a, a squabble comes up and people say this, that's it, I'm going to go tell your mom. You ever have that? Parents, when you're kids, I'm going to tell your mom. If you're a pastor and you're in the coaching network, this is what they say, I'm going to go tell Rick. <laughs> yeah, my coach. So I get a call from Rick, hey, I hear there's stress. I'm like, why are you involved? You're not my mom. Come on, what's going on? He's like, I'm your coaching daddy. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right? And he brought me back to this great thing. Love's not a feeling. Who's been married the longest here? Who's been married the longest? Ann and Andy, are you, are you the longest here? How many years? 36? Anybody more than 36? No? 37 years? Michael, come on, we're in church. <laughs> 36 years. And I'm going to ask you, not Andy, right? Because... I know you and you're wonderful. This has never been an issue. Has there ever been a moment where maybe your feeling of love for Andy was just not like, you were just like, I'm not really feeling it today. No. And then you make a choice and you say, I'm going to love him anyway. I'm going to love him anyway. Samaritan looks and says, that's a Jew. They hate us. I'm going to love him anyway. I'm going to love him anyway. 
God, God looks at you and says, you're sinful. You bring nothing to the table, right? And there, there's that moment where, you know, even Andy's dashing good looks and his incredible personality and everything great, right? That he looks like that guy from Tombstone with the big mustache, right? All of those things, right? Sometimes you still maybe want to choke him. <laughs> but you don't because jail's not fun, right? And you choose to love him, right? God is the same way. I choose to love you and I send Jesus. And this is what he says, go and do likewise. So we ask ourselves, because see, this is a holding pattern. But we start to carve out and we say this, who do we want to be? Final one. Final one. This is how I describe it. What, what kind of church do you want to be? I've asked that a couple of times. Do you want to be this kind of church that sees people who are in the mud with sin and covered with sin and you stand on the side of the mud puddle and you say things like that, this, here's my hand, get out of the mud puddle, clean yourself up, we're going to church. There's a lot of churches like that. Or do you want to say this? I'm going to climb in that mud puddle with you, right? And I'm going to do life with you. And I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to help you get out of the mud. And we're not going to worry about cleaning you off because there's only one person who cleans you off, and that's Jesus, right? And we recognize that when we're in the mud and we're doing life with people, that guess what? It's not hard. Guess what happens? It gets messy, it gets messy. And the only place that mess is cleaned up is right here. Right here. Where Jesus takes his blood and he wipes all of those sins away and he presents you clean, healed, and beautiful before his heavenly Father. That's the kind of church I think we want to be. So our challenge is simple, right? Go and do likewise. We ask for his help in this. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, man, one of the great privileges, and I just, I made reference to it in our sermon, is that our God lets us pray to him, and he hears us, and he answers those prayers. And I just, I believe this. I believe prayer is powerful. I believe prayer changes hearts. It changes lives. And my, my thing today is, you know, we're, we're going to pray. Um, if, if you are on the, the in and around any of the mega board guys, um, you know something right now, and that is, what's ticking? <laughs> right? The clock. Um, Ryan, Ryan and, and Don are like, um, five months, right? We're coming up on five months, which is crazy. Five months, and then maybe we have to go back. So we're going to pray this morning um, kind of corporately that we know God has land for us, right? We believe that. We've held to his mission. We've done, that he just show it to us. And then what I'm going to ask is that this week, when, when you all go home and you're, you're doing your devotions, you're praying, pray that there is that land, right? And that not, we know it's there, but that God lets us know where it is, right? So that we can start to, to, to build and uh, maybe not be here always. So um, let's bow our heads and pray. 
Heavenly Father, you are a God who, who made this decision a long time ago to care about us, and you, you injected your son into our lives. And every day, Lord, um, we just rejoice and are humbled that you would allow us to partner with you and share that incredible message of your son. At the same time, Lord, we, we ask that you would help us to know where we need to be as a church. Uh, we believe, Lord, through the processes that you've led us, that it's time to get land, and we know that, that you know where that land is. And we're just going to ask this morning that you would make it known to us, that you'd help us as we continue to storm your throne, and you would just show us where we can not so much build a building, but we can set up a place where we can impact souls for your kingdom, where we can take and share this gospel that changes lives and changes eternities. Hear us this morning, Lord, as we come before you with our private prayers and petitions as well. All of these things we bring before you in the name of your Son, our Savior, as we join together in the prayer that he's taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Because our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Receive now with believing hearts the blessing of your God who loves you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We hope that through this podcast, your faith has been strengthened your relationship with Jesus has been firmly rooted in him and that it has been an overall blessing to you and your life. God's blessings today and have a great day.